This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today, in Jesus' name. We're in Psalm 56. Uh, It's another Psalm of David. It's a Psalm of David uh, that has a little bit more maturity to it, uh, a little bit more realization than yesterday that that God's in control, and that's because he's a little bit farther down the road, and he's realizing that God is watching out for him and looking out for him. And excuse me, he's taking care of him. And so the psalm is a little bit more, it's a little bit more assured, a little bit more understanding of the plan and the work of God going on around him. And it's exciting to see maturity and it's exciting to see how he, how he deals with the situation that he's facing. And he says, be merciful to me, O God, for man would swallow me up. Now he's going to go into a little bit of a time here where he's going to explain what's happening but I want you to notice he's more realistic. And when I say realistic, he's more godalistic, meaning he's more, his faith is in God and his understanding of how God deals with things and how his perceptions could be wrong or how his feelings could be wrong or his emotions could be in overdrive. He's more understanding that not to allow that to happen, but to allow his trust and faith in God and then God giving him reason and understanding in the situation is a better tack to take than to be depressed, so upset that you feel like the world's about to cave in on you. He said, be merciful to me, O God, for man would swallow me up. Notice he's not saying man's going to swallow me up. He says man would. If man were left to his own devices, he would destroy me. If the world were left to its own will, it would destroy me and my life. But notice he understands that they would doesn't mean that they can or that God is allowing that to take place. Fighting all day long, he oppresses me. And he's talking about uh, King Saul. He says, my enemies would, notice, my enemies would hound me all day. Meaning they would chase me and they would harass me and they would cause to be an emotional, big old emotional gooey mess. And they would cause me to be in fear and in doubt. Notice he says, they would hound me all day for there are many who fight against me, O Most High. Now he's saying there are many out there that are against him. And that was and could be true for you. It was true for him. And it could be true for you that there are many out there to get you. But That's not, the issue is not who they are. The issue is not their number. The issue is whether or not they can. And he says here in the first two verses, which is very powerful, he says they would if they could, but they can't. He says whenever, now he's he's gonna show you his maturity and his growth here. And he's gonna show you his, and remember maturity and growth doesn't have to always to do with, um, 
you, it really is not even focused on you at all. It, his maturity and growth is his realization how the how God works in the midst of crisis, in the midst of situations. And so when he's looking at this situation, he's going, okay, uh, this is how I felt. This is how I saw things back then. And this is how reality actually was. And so I trusted God and I saw reality. So I'm not going to choose to allow the emotions of the moment, the emotive feelings of the hour to, to overrun what I know God to be and how I've seen him deal with things over time. Remember that giant wave that you feel like is fixing to overwhelm you may dissipate out there. That storm that you can see on the radar now that we have radar and you see it coming and it looks like it's got four, 40 tornadoes in it and, and it's going to uh, hail the size of watermelons and it's going to destroy everything that you've got in a matter of moments, just a mile away, can dissipate into nothingness. And your feelings and your emotions do not indicate God's will or always indicate reality. Now, God's given us emotions so that we can realize the importance of the gravity of the situation, but the emotions of the moment do not overwhelm and they have no power over the eternal will of God. Momentary emotions do not overcome eternal will of God, the eternal will of God. Whenever I'm afraid, he says, I will trust in you. Notice, whenever I'm feeling fear, I've learned to trust in you, God. I've learned to, to place my hope in you. He says, in God, I will praise his word. Notice that maturity. We talked about that yesterday, remember? Notice that maturity grows there. He he what is he what is he saying? I, I trust in you and what you say above what I feel, above what I perceive, above what I think. I trust you and your word above those things. Because I have realized that my feelings my thoughts and my perceptions can be very momentary, can very, be very temporal. They're just in the hour we live today, but they can be changed in an instant. And, and my perception of reality can be totally altered, but God's word is never altered. It does not change. And his will is eternal and does not, it, and it is not altered. And so he says, in God, I will, I will praise his word. In God, I will put my trust. Notice, God's word reveals to him God's character, God's plan, and God's purpose. God's character, God's plan, and God's purpose. And so when he sees that in God's word, when he embraces God's word, he grabs hold of God's promises, his truth, his nature. All those things come from God's word. You, you find out who God is and you can embrace that. You can find out God's will. You can embrace that. You can look around and, and see his purpose for you in the world and you embrace that. You trust that. He says, in God, I will praise his word. In God, I'll put my trust. I will not fear. Maturity, growth there. I will not fear. I'm not going to allow my emotions to overcome 
what God has revealed to me. And over time, that's how life really works well. That's how it really works powerfully and is for you to grow in that knowledge of him. I think of two ladies at my last church, they were sisters. And uh, the first one, when she started coming to our church, she was just she was just a big old ball of mess too. And very smart ladies, very capable ladies, very very purpose ladies. And I just, I, 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 she was in a, in a rough situation and the world and her perception of how reality was just, just terrible. She had no hope. And as the word was given to her, and as she heard God's word and heard it and heard it, not over uh, days or not just one Sunday, but over over months and years, that maturity just started just building. And then her sister shows up, and her sister's even more emotive, but also more passionate about uh, God's word. As I saw God's word and his truth become a rock or reality in their life and they acted upon it they trusted in it they heard what god both of them moved up in their work in powerful ways both of them took on some very difficult situations family one of them's husband got cancer another one had to take a, a relative in uh, a niece in and and go through the process of getting custody just some very tough difficult emotional things going on but they were in the process of those things, they were very strong and powerful. And the reason they were is not because it's, it's, you, we always used to you look for human reasons for that happening. The reason it was is because they'd heard God's word regularly. They heard it, they believed it regularly, and then they acted upon it, acted upon it, acted upon it. And they did not allow the emotions of the moment to overcome the reality of God's truth and that brought about a maturity that even though they still had the emotion, we all still have them, that the emotions now get turned into something that is very positive and can be very powerful. Emotions are good joy and peace and, and passion about things. Those are emotions. And when they're honed and when they're encoded with the truth of God's word and they purposefully put into a situation, they can powerfully change things. Emotions can, but they have to be, but they have to be they have to be honed down. They have to be, they have to be prepared. And then they have to be coded with God's purposes and truths. And then they have to be, they have to be instituted into the situation. They gotta be, they gotta be instigated and pushed forward into the situation. And once that happens, once that happens, boy, those emotions even become even more powerful. They're greater than they were when they were dragging you down. They're, they're greater in their purposes. And so he says, uh, he says, what I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? <laughs> See, he's very, he, he states that people are after him. And then he says, I'm going to, I'm going to trust in God. Then he, and then he goes into what they're doing. People are after me. I trust in God. This is what they're doing all day. They twist my words. If you don't think the enemy twists words all day long, cut on CNN. That's all you got to do. And he says, if it all day, they twist my words. That's what the enemy that's what the devil does. You got to understand the devil is he's not he, he's not creative. So he has to take what is and twist it because he's the father of lies and twist it for his own purposes. He doesn't have his own words to say. All he has is what others uh, say, the creative ones, God himself and us. So they, he twists God's words 
He did that even with Jesus in the in the wilderness. Every time he came to Jesus, he took God's word and then he twisted it just a little so that it would be outside of God's will and not perfectly in God's will and then asked Jesus to do something. And Jesus turned back to him and gave him God's word unadulterated, exactly the way it ought to be, and said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do God's word. The enemy is going to twist what you say. All their thoughts are, are against me for evil. Everything they say is against me for evil. The, and by the way, the world's not your friend. We as adults, a lot of, most of the people who are watching this Bible study, I do know uh, a few young people who watch it, but we understand that, that the world is not on our side. We, we're not of this word, world. We're sojourners or, or, or passers through of this world. He said, they gather together. They hide their mark. They hide, they mark my steps, meaning they watch me closely. When they lie in wait for my life, Notice they're setting up ambushes for him. Shall they escape by iniquity? In anger, cast down peoples, cast down the peoples, O God. What he's saying is, God, are you going to let them by trickery take me out? And then he, after he's talked about what they do, notice the focus is not on what they do. The focus is on what God. He says, you number, God numbers my wanderings. And if you think about it, I, I can't even go into it, but when you, I, I can't even... The, the thought crosses my mind about how what we look like when you put us in the temporal, in time, and when we see each other in space right here, when we see each other in space right here, we're just a solid mass right here. But if you put us in space over time and saw us like God can see us, we actually look like strings that just wander all over the place. We just look like, a, we look like in 3D what we would look like on Google Maps if you followed a route with that's that, but our bodies literally look like a string that wanders all over the place and anyway that's really how that's really reality he says you number my wanderings meaning you watch and you take note and very close note of what i'm doing you put my uh tears into your bottle notice he, he says you when i am dealing and struggling with something the anguish the pain the tears they're considered by God, they're kept by God, they're remembered by God. Uh, are they not in your book? Notice what he's saying. He's saying, God, you put them in your book. And this verse right here is one of the verses in scriptures that feed into my belief that the book of life is not a list of people, but literally the book of life is the largest uh, book in in history. And it it actually chronicles like he says here, you number my wanderings. It literally chronicles our walk in our lives to glorify God. Remember, God's going to remember all the acts of faith. So I literally believe the book of the, the Lamb's book of life chronicles our walks of faith in this world. And what a powerful book that would be of the millions and billions of people who've trusted in God. God chronicles our works in his life. He says, when I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. Notice, I've, I've experienced this before. When I cry out to God, God turns back the tide. He says, this I know because God is for me. He said, this I know, this I know, not what I think, not what I believe, I, I know this. See, that's where faith has been hardened and become steadfast. It becomes a rock on which you can set your feet and not slip. It's, a, it's powerful. He says, he says, this I know because God is for me. He is. He's for us. He loves us. 
Uh, he says, this I know because God is for me. He, he is, his plans are to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us hope and a future. He says, in God, I will praise his word. Where is the root of all this faith? It's in his word. In God, I will praise his word. It just got to be the center point of everything. I, I want you to hear me today. It's got to be the center point of a Bible study. It's got to be the center point of a decision. It's got to be the center point of a sermon. It's got to be the center point of worship. It's got to be the center point of a meeting. It's got to be the center point of everything because his word is eternal and everything else is temporal. So we've got to place our hope in what God says all the time. We got to. And we've wandered. I'm just being real with us. We've wandered from that. It used to be in the early part of last century that the word was the preeminent, most important thing that was discussed. Now people don't even know that Zephaniah is a book in the Bible, a great book in the Bible, a exciting book in the Bible. They think Joel's a singer. Billy Joel, Joel is a singer. Amos is a cool name to give a child now. Don't know it's don't know he's a prophet in the Bible. Micah, what a, another cool name we can use, but that didn't know that was actually in scripture. And then of course, Malachi, the only Italian writer of the Bible. Actually, it's Malachi, but that's a fun joke for me. We don't know these things. We, we don't know that First and Second Samuels is actually not a book about Samuel. Although Samuels is a major uh, player in the book, the book's actually about David, King David. The two books are about Saul and David's dealings with Saul, and then David as king, and then moving on to Solomon, his son, being king. That's what First and Second Samuel is about. And Samuel is the prophet and the priest. He's the, he's the one who anoints David king. He's the priest, I'm sorry, not the prophet, that anoints David as king. And, and we just need to know these things. I'm just looking through it. And Job is not pronounced Job. It's not. And 2 Corinthians is not pronounced 2 Corinthians. It's 2 Corinthians. And do we know this? It's just a little side note. Do y'all like this? Do y'all love this right here? Do you? Because... David, it makes it quite clear, one of the greatest men in history and by far uh, a type of Christ, and even God says he's a man after my own heart, he quite clearly understood that his faith uh, was born out of God's word. He says, in God, I will praise his word, his revelation. I'll praise his revelation to them. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In the Father, he actually doesn't know this, but he's talking about the Father and the Son. In God, I will praise his word. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust based off of his revelation. I will not be afraid. And isn't that what God says to whenever an angel appears, whenever the angel of the Lord appears to man, He the first uh, thing is that is said is do not be afraid. And my my favorite story in scriptures when Joseph when Joshua is going into the promised land and leading leading the children of Israel into the promised land and and God says to him three times, uh, "Have I not told you? Do not be afraid." And and the reason you don't have to be afraid is not because it's some kind of thing that we say to each other. It it's it's because. Uh, 
It's because we trust in his word. His revelation is true. He says, in God, I put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? What can man, nothing. They can't change my eternity. And if they can't change my eternity, all they can do is affect the temporal. And the temporal's here today and gone tomorrow. He says, vows made to you are binding upon me, God. Oh God, notice what he says. If I say something to you, God, it's binding upon me. I will render praise to you. Notice he says, I'm going to worship you. And that's a sign, it really is a sign of a person who knows God's word is their willingness and their expectation and excitement to worship. He says, for you have delivered my soul from death. Notice you, you are the one who has kept me uh, from eternally being uh, lost. He says, have you not kept my feet from failing? You the one sustained me from today past. And so who should I expect to keep me sustained from today forward? He says, for I may walk before God in the light of the living. He says that I may walk before God in the light of the living. He, he's saying, yeah, that's what we do, isn't it? Have you not kept my feet from falling that I may walk before God in the light of the living? And, and the answer to the question is yes, you have. You've kept my feet from falling and you've made me walk in the light of the living. And, and first John says, walk in the light or be in the light as he is, is in the light. That, that light is the life of men. That's what John says in the gospel. Uh, the light that we beheld is the light to men. And that's Jesus himself. And wow, what a great psalm. What a great psalm of maturity. He's taking a realistic look at the issues he's facing and taking a powerfully faith-filled look at what God is and shall be and has been in his life and choosing to trust God and choosing not to trust the things of this world. Wow, what a, what a powerful verse that is. I hope it's powerful for you today as you go through your day. The Word of God is it's just life-sustaining. It's just something you can just, you can just look at and, and just hold on to. And boy, it just it gives us everything we need, isn't it? I hope that's, that's how you are. And knowing that, knowing from the years past, that if you give people God's word and they have a hungry heart for that word, if you give them uh, God's word and they hunger for it and they receive it, that it does powerful and mighty things in their lives. And so we're expecting those things to happen for us as we stay true to, to studying and to looking and, and chasing after the character, the will, the nature, and the purpose of God through his word. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.